47 million United States inhabitants make up 14% of the population. 14% of the population of the United States is considered to be immigrants. And as immigrants, a lot of times people tend to feel the need to find themselves in other paths that have been charted for them by those who've come before them. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I've always been one of those guys who always ask the question to say, who's more important? The guy who trailblazes or the guy who follows the trailblazer and does as good as possible? Today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about being successful as an immigrant, especially when it comes to being in the United States. I have a special guest with me that I'm going to introduce in a little bit. But first, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Forget Norms with Mr. Fashino. on everybody welcome to another episode of our podcast forget norms i am your host mr fashino and today i have a special guest with me and our topic actually before i actually introduce my guest today we're talking about immigration so um for anyone who knows me this is a topic that i don't really pay attention to i don't really believe in the word immigrants i don't believe in the fact that somebody has a territorial geographical jurisdiction that is belongs to them i believe in earth i believe that wherever i am I own that space and it could be in China, it could be in Africa, it could be anywhere else. But we can't ignore the fact that we live in a society where geographical lines have brought into certain things. So today I want to talk to you guys about immigration, but I have a special guest with me, Miss Leslie Garcia. But before I actually introduce her, let me go ahead. I don't want to mess this up. So I'm actually going to read <laughs> a long list. First of all, Leslie, how you doing? doing great okay it's a good thing for you to be on the show but before i actually even talk to you let me talk to these people who you are leslie garcia is 25 years old and i'm reading this so if you're watching me just know i'm reading this she was born in mexico has been raised in the united states she is a holder of a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in communications she's been in pageantry for that word always gets me by the way uh for the past six years and she uses that as a platform to project her voice. She's a four time, four times, and I say this again, four times, <laughs> four times state title holder for the state of Texas. I'm actually going to hold this up because she brought her title. Which camera is on me? This one. Miss Texas. Miss Texas United World 2021. Miss Texas United World 2021. Let me not break this thing because it might cost me a lot of money. <laughs> And she's passionate about charity. And actually, in 2021, when we, uh, 2020, when we went through the uh, COVID, Leslie actually made money for charity in those times when it was hard. I'm not going to put the numbers out there because I want her to make more money. I want you guys to feel like she's made enough so you won't give it to her despite <laughs> the pandemic. And she's a really hardworking person. I've known her for almost two years, actually two years now. And um, Leslie, I'm happy for you to be here with me. Thank you so much for having me. So... I know I gave an introduction, but I think it would be nice for you to actually do your own introduction just in case I missed anything. You know what? You got um, the most important bullet points. Um, and actually, you said that I put in a lot of works of charity um, in 2021. But truthfully, this is honestly what I love doing. It's my passion. And, and it's so great that we're actually going to talk about immigration today because um because of my experiences it made me to become the servant leader i am today okay and without those experiences i wouldn't have the need the passion to devote my time my effort my energy into giving back to the community so um you know i'm just very grateful for every platform that gives me the opportunity to speak about what i'm passionate about and, and i'm passionate about being a voice for the voiceless um so that's what i've been doing for the past decade and i you know i've always said the dream job is to devote that time and to give him back one way or the other and you know my current job does not allow me to do so so i have to find other ways and means to to give back to the community that's good i, I appreciate you being here um for those of you guys listening, this this is not going to be the typical monologue show that you guys hear me. So we might actually be here a little bit longer. So 
Set your clocks and sit with us for at least 30 minutes for the show because we have a few things that we want to talk about. First of all, I don't want this to be an interview. I want this to be a conversation because I think we're both immigrants. And um, I think we have a lot to share when it comes to our past and things that we've noticed as immigrants. But I want us to also keep it within a topic of what the show is about, which is about the norms, which is about people being able to find themselves and be themselves in spite of what labels that the world you know, throws at you. And I think for me personally, and I'll ask you to share your own, I'll say this. I came to the United States when I was when I was young, about 17 years old. And one of the first things that I noticed was that I was different. And being different in a land that is so powerful, traveling from Africa, coming out here, and looking up to everything about you, the first thing that took me back was the shock value of the fact that my difference was I interpreted it at some point as being less valued. I mean, nowadays, like I'll tell folks, I said, nowadays it's gotten to the point where being an African is almost like a prideful thing. When I got here, it wasn't that much of a pride. You go to school, you could get called all these funny names. And I feel like it forces people, in my opinion, to start to reduce themselves to that which has worked for other people that may not necessarily be your own path, may not necessarily be certain things. And so, what are your experiences? And and as we talk about this thing, and by the way, guys, Leslie and I don't have like a list of things that we're going to go through, but what are your experiences and what are some of the things that you, from your own personal thing that you can say when it comes to that genesis? I know you came here at a, a much younger age. Um, what are your, um, your experiences um, when it comes to being an immigrant, what does that what does that mean to you personally? Being an immigrant, yeah, and it's crazy that you bring it up because I remember um, when I first learned of the definition of what the American dream stood for for the Hispanic community. It was pretty much coming from another country and just doing better for your yourself and for your family, but more so for your family. You come to another country to provide to your wife and kids hoping that your kids can have an education so that they don't have the same lifestyle that you did back in your country so that was when i first learned about um the american dream which was about in high school when i first came to this country as a five-year-old i knew absolutely oh, wow. nothing that, that was you were five i was five i knew absolutely did you speak nothing spanish at that point Yes, of course. And when I came to, to the United States, the only thing that I knew is that I was going to go to a different area to just be with my mom, which in reality, that's all that I wanted. I mean, I hadn't been with my mom for about a year or so. So I knew that the biggest thing that I wanted as a five-year-old was just to be with my mom. Um, when I finally came to the United States, I learned the language immediately. I adjusted to the food, the culture. The differences weren't as drastic because I was such a young yeah. girl. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. It started to become kind of like difficult when I went into middle school and high school. Um, just for the sole purpose that I couldn't do some of the things that the students back in the day were doing they were applying to scholarships they were getting these opportunities to travel they were getting um the opportunities that were obviously not open to me and i always kind of like wondered why but i really didn't understand the process until i was finally in high school not gonna lie um it was kind of intimidating i was afraid i was shy I hate to say it but i was kind of a little bit embarrassed because you are placed in a category where people may look at you different yeah by default yo it seems like you starting a little bit lower than everybody else yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, i'm glad you said it earlier yeah. because i kind of like my value went from here to here immediately yeah. because i was an undocumented student and it started to become a little bit harder when i had to apply for colleges because although I could have received all this money to get the scholarships and go to schools that were extremely expensive, you're talking about, you know, five times what I had to pay for my university. Wow. I couldn't apply for them. I couldn't apply for those scholarships. because you were undocumented? No, because I didn't have the money. Oh. So because I didn't have the opportunity to apply to these scholarships because I was not a resident at the point, because I was not a citizen, obviously... I couldn't apply for these scholarships. 
So going into college, um, I didn't even know what college was, <laughs> right? I come from a family of immigrants. I'm a first-generation immigrant myself. Okay. My kids are not going to be anymore, but I had to co- face all of that. Okay. I didn't know what college was. All I knew it it was it was the next step after finishing high school. And uh, my parents were really persistent about me going. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I obviously couldn't apply for scholarships. So for me going to school, I had to choose a school where I was not going to struggle until I finished. Right. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go to Sam Houston. Um, Great school, by the way. But I knew that I was not going to drown in debt after I left the school. But at the same time that my parents were not going to sacrifice as much and shoot it was hard it was hard because uh, i was taking two to five jobs a semester um trying to pay for this education i didn't even know where this education was going to take me keep in mind being a first generation immigrant you have to learn everything on your own mm-hmm. i didn't even know about loans okay okay mm-hmm. i didn't even know about where my courses were going to take me how to go about that i didn't have anybody to guide me i did have a few people but they weren't very helpful and it wasn't until my sophomore year of college that i was able to finally apply for residency and i got through that with my dad he is actually a resident of this country so um as soon as he was wait, able wait a minute wait a minute just just pause for a second so from five to sophomore year so you're about what now 25. 25. No, no, not the age now. At that point, you were about, what, 17, 18? Yes, 18. 18. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was finally able to apply for residency. That process took a long time, a lot of money, obviously. But I finally became a resident of the United States. And it's crazy to tell you. And I have to tell you about this because the process was not only long and time-consuming and obviously expensive, mm-hmm. But I had to travel to Mexico. Why? To to do the testing. Um, I had to be there for about a couple of weeks to do the biometrics. Um, but I had to do it in Mexico. You can't do it in the United States. You have to be outside. And then you get your residency. And then you walk legally back into the United States. It's crazy to think about it because um, a lot of people don't think about this. But that feeling at that moment... Whenever you're back, in quotes, legally back in the United States and you walk through the border, you know, and through the um, the big center where they're putting everything in your passport, um, that you have the visa to, to stay here in the United States and you're a resident now. That feeling, it, it's so hard to explain. Okay. But for someone who was an undocumented student, someone who was a first generation everything, breaking that cycle... It's such an amazing experience. It's so surreal. It's just such a mixed feeling of emotions that, holy cow, you're finally here and you're you're here for good and you're here and nothing's going to happen to you and you're probably going to have a lot more opportunities than you did because I didn't have almost any opportunities. I probably had one or two and then I had to hustle my butt for the rest of the things that came my way. So when I finally attained my residency, I was able to finally apply for some loans for some assistance so i finally was able to get that assistance in uh, paying for school was a little bit less harder um and the crazy idea occurred to me hey if i was able to get a bachelor's degree why not go for a master's degree yeah, exactly. because <laughs> if i'm already breaking this cycle why not take it a step further Finally, yeah. So there was a time in between. I had a month to apply for a master's degree. I had to study for my GRE. I had to get all this paperwork done. I had to do all of these things within a month. And then I took my exam. And then I got accepted to get a master's. Um, And then I finished my master's two years later. So I attained my education. I have two bachelor's degree and I have a master's degree. And I got all of it within one year. If you ask me how I did it, I don't know how. I don't know so how. So you almost just cursed right there. Yeah. <laughs> you can curse. It's okay. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how I did it. And and the only, and truthfully, I think that the only reason why I did it was because, hey, if I did it, I'm able to inspire others 
to do it as well. And it was when I finally graduated with my master's degree that I said, stop, I can't be embarrassed of where I come from. I can't be ashamed of who I am. I've done a lot more than people who have had the opportunities to do the simplest thing. And they they haven't even taken those opportunities. I have family, I have friends who have all the opportunities in the world and they have not taken the time to even go to school to maybe educate themselves. And I'm not saying that education is the key to ultimate success, right? Yeah, because I was going to exactly run over you with that but for me it was going to be a new foundation for my future generations to possibly even encourage and inspire those kids who have come from other countries to the united states to even inspire them in the slightest bit that if i did it that they could too could do it yeah exactly man um if if you're just joining us this is a show for good norms and we have leslie uh, Garcia in the studio and we're talking immigration today um, Leslie's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting because she's the one out there pushing things on the front line um, so I don't want to ask you questions but I want to segue into something I noticed that you put sometimes it's we haven't seen each other since 2020 um, but we follow each other on Instagram and I noticed that you put a lot of efforts when it comes to making yourself a voice, making yourself a voice. And before we got on on, on the show, even previous times that we've had conversations, um, I have always seen you as somebody who, I remember even the first day we ever got to speak on the phone, we talked for about an hour and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. We had never even met each other at that <laughs> point. And one of the things that you always talked about was about breaking norms. In my opinion, that's what I, you know, summed everything up as. Being that this show is about norms, it seems like everything you were doing was to say, okay, I'm going to set myself apart from what I am used to or from what the society thinks I should become. Now, you've done that. I see you pushing a lot also when it comes to your personal life right now. It's almost like there's a wheel that doesn't stop. What are some of those things that you think in your community? Because I'm going to do one thing here, by the way. I'm going to try to pitch you and myself against the Mexican community. Mexican, right? And the African community. Um, But what are some of the things that you right now that fuel you to feel like you have to preach this message? of people being able to break down these barriers like what are some of the things because i see you doing it i see you all the times and by the way leslie's a huge dog and animal lover as well but we're not going to talk about that <laughs> maybe for another show but um what what are some why those things why do you get so fueled up and what are some of the things that you can say within your community that you feel like a lot of people could benefit from if these things are talked about yeah, you know what? I've I've actually seen it firsthand, and it's crazy because, and I'm not just saying that this is within the Hispanic community. It's all around the world. So within the Hispanic community, it is uh, a norm to have the husband work, the wife take care of the house, take care of the kids, and then this is just this just just progresses throughout generations. And I think that in, in, in the beginning of time when people were immigrating here into the United States, they were coming to a new land where they could just provide for their family. Survival. Survival. Exactly. That was it. Yeah. It, it was it. It was just to survive. And hey, a lot of families do that now a days. They're yeah. trying to escape from whatever it is that they're going in their country, whether it is abuse, violence, war, um, Poverty. Poverty, exactly, yeah. They escape from their means to just come to the United States and have a better life. That's it. Survive, period. That's it. Um, And then we have those kinds of families where they still follow those traditions and the norms where the husband is taking care of the family and the wife is taking care of the kids and 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 the husband, but that's it. But then they don't go into that um aspiration of just becoming better for themselves themselves, when a mom becomes a mom the priority is their kids but no why not you have some sort of um encouragement to just become a better woman yourself because i see a lot of women after they have kids especially in the hispanic community Mm -hmm. they just completely lose themselves yeah 
And like everything becomes about the child. And their families, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of the word is machismo. Within, machismo is when. Um, that's, that's Spanish? Yes. Machis- when, machismo. When the, the, the man does not want the woman to work okay. because he wants to have the power within the family. And that's when women become a little bit submissive to her husband. And that's why the woman does not want to move forward. She doesn't want to completely like have a job, have friends, put makeup on, do the things that she has to do for herself. And I feel that that's still a lot of the cases within the Hispanic community. And I'm sure it's not just with the Hispanic community. I think it's with other... I think so too. Well, let me know. See, this is my thing. I feel like I leave sometimes in a bubble with a lot of things. Excuse me, guys. A lot of things you know, fly over my head. I believe in independence, personally. I think even in a relationship, two people should be independent. I think a lot of times we got to check ourselves whether we provide a space for that person to be independent, um, even if they don't want to. It's one of those reasons why, for me personally, I've never really appreciated a yes sir type of woman because I know that if you give me that power, <laughs> I'm going to use it. So I want you to hold on to it. But machismo, machismo, so, therefore, that's why you're pushing for a lot of your platforms. I think you even said that's one of the reasons why. So, how does then how does your beauty pageant um, um, ties into into this 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 movement? Definitely, great question. I when I was living outside of the United States, I encountered poverty firsthand. Okay. Um, I encountered abuse firsthand. I encountered how um, women over there were very submissive to their husbands, the the male the male figure in in their family, and um, coming to the United States, I kind of saw that too, and and I'm like, no, that is not stop, it. stop. Yeah. I unfortunately, you know, I have. Well, I have a lot of family, but unfortunately, um, my mom had me at a very young age. Um, so ever since then, like my family, my distant family has had some sort of um, a very toxic environment in their lives. Um, I, I never grew up with their support. And I think that that's why it's always been very hard. Mm-hmm. Because I, first of all, I didn't have I didn't have any kind of support. I had my direct parents. And that was about it. And that was about it. And and I had to I was forced to be independent. I was forced to rely on my own. Trust me, I've had a lot of friends who have dropped out, who have just not seen the light at the end of the tunnel. But for me, I had no other choice. Yeah, but to be this way. I didn't want to rely on a man. I didn't want to rely on my family. I didn't want to rely on anybody else but myself. And I knew that if I could make that success for myself, that I could possibly inspire and influence other people to do it on their own too. Okay, pause for a second. You just you just pushed me into another spot here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not I'm not asking a challenge. I'm asking to understand. Um, why why is it? Why is it such a, a fulfillment for a woman not to rely on a man? Just, just out of curiosity. Because throughout the years, we've been shown that women can't be independent. That women, you know, and through the past several years, and I think that this is still a concept that we are trying to fight in other countries. Just because women don't have, in a way, the right or possibility to even progress to become better than men Mm -hmm. and i think in the last couple of decades we have really seen that women can so for me coming from a place of true struggle because when i tell you that like it was hard (laughs) over there it was was hard you were walking on dirt sometimes you didn't have for shoes sometimes you didn't have for food you know with with the little that we had we tried to make the boat the best over there so if I have a lot more here, why not make so much better? Yeah. You know, so that's why I've been able to not just use my platform as a way to push others, to inspire others, but just really take any opportunity to speak, to be someone and not only be someone for myself, but be someone for those who needs to look at me. So when I won the second to last title, um, which, by the way, which one is this? I don't know, guys. I don't know. I know this camera is actually picking up. <laughs> the box looks. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been close to 
this. <laughs> I, uh, so yeah. I, I'm I love it. Struggling to so this this is packaged this way and handed to you when it's done. I keep it keep when it. it's done. When it's done, I okay. just I, I earned it. So wait, if if somebody else wins it next year, do you give them this same box? No, they get a new one. They get a new one. So this stay this stays with you forever. That's mine. It's interesting. You should have brought all four of them and put them on. Oh, Lord. It would have been heavy. And I take a lot of pride in these because these are like my college ring. They become a symbolism of hard work. Oh. By the way, before I forget, I was going to ask you something. Um, If you notice, I opened the show, guys, with the whole idea of uh, people loving to fuck. I know I talk in, in circles, but let me, let me, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to you. Get You get the point. I, I think a lot of folks like to follow the path of least resistance. I think a lot of folks will want to follow a path that to believe they'll get there, but sometimes this is, they need somebody to help them, which is where the whole thing about mentorship comes in. I've heard you talk about your struggles and then how you fought, but where did you get your strength from? Where did you get your strength from saying, you know what, what was the spark to say, I'm not going to follow the norms. I'm not going to be who everybody else has always been i'm going to chart my own path that's always a really good question because i i just hey there was so many times there was so many times where i just didn't want to do it anymore either i didn't have enough money for school or i didn't have money for rent or i didn't have time i couldn't sleep and i just i just wanted to take a day off to rest or just be myself or just like kick my feet up but i couldn't because it was i had to pay school out of my pocket and 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 this obviously my parents helped me but it was hard it was hard so i'll tell you this i always knew that i had to make proud the six-year-old leslie and the 60-year-old leslie okay so that was my that was my drive. That was my drive because um, although I did have the support of my direct family, which is my mom, my stepdad, and my dad, and my siblings, obviously, I knew that out of anyone in life that I wanted to make more proud was myself. Okay. Because by making myself proud, I knew that I would be able to possibly help change the cycle, um, make my kids proud that if i was able to do it and i had this opportunity and they have these opportunities that they had to do so much better than i did yeah but if i followed the norms and if i just went to school got a job and just did my thing like everybody else i just didn't feel that that was my purpose i feel that my purpose was greater than that my purpose was more than just doing the basic things in life like living and going to work and having a family and having a job. No, I wanted to do more than that. So if you say where I got my strength from, hey, shoot. Just just thinking about 60-year-old Leslie. <laughs> yeah, 60. And and 6-year-old because, you know, growing up, I didn't have a mentor. Yeah. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have somebody to look up to. When I was sad, I didn't have anybody to speak to. And it's so hard, and I don't like to get emotional when I speak about this, but I needed so much guidance, and I had to be my own. Oh, but then what? What? Uh, it's man. I, I. It's so we can we can sit here for for yeah. two years <laughs> and talk about this because it's it, it's fascinating to me because I've always I've always been that person who says um, I'm a huge sports fan by the way, um, and I've always said about what makes the Kobe's, the Michael Jordans, <laughs> the the LeBron James like. What makes them better than everybody else? It's, I mean, people say, oh, it's their work ethics, is that I'm saying, but that is a product of something that we don't see with our physical eyes. Yep. I feel like this too, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of saying what you see is the result of something that you don't see. So my interest has always been not the results, but what made us see these results. And it's it's weird. I still didn't get the answer from you because I was hoping you could help me today, but I didn't get the answer. So it just means that <laughs> I, I'm starting to get to a point where I, I come up with this imaginary um, thesis in my head, and I'm saying I think some people are just at bottom line just wired differently, and they're able to dissect things a little bit different and go for that. Now, do you feel in any way 
satisfied. Ooh. I know you're only 25. There's a whole lot left. I think I think at some point we might get a missed world from you, but do you feel in any way satisfied? No. No, you don't. Mm-mm. Interesting. Why? And and I think that that's what makes the same people that you were speaking about. You know, the Kobe's and the Michael Jordans. I think that they they are always they're they're the best. But they're always pushing for something else. Um, and I I want to get to a point in time where I know that I've accomplished a lot. Okay. I know I have, but I think that there's just so much more coming. And I think that that throughout the process and the journey, although I've struggled a lot, I think I'm going to continue struggling. Okay. So you embrace the struggle. I do. So that 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 are the second question there because I also want to keep it within the immigrant community. You know that you're going to struggle, but what then? As you continue to answer that question, then feed this into it as well. What would you think after you pick back up would be an immigration problem? Not from a political standpoint. We're talking, you know, mental stuff here. We're talking, you know, physical growth and being able to break barriers that are there because I personally don't think they are. I think they're only there because we're able to look at those who've come before us and we emulate two things from them. They struggle, so they triumph. Right. And depending on how, you know, what our strengths are, we can decide to say, you know what, let's lean more on these struggles as opposed to lean more on this on their triumph. So what do you think as you answer that question, say you haven't, you don't feel like you've had, you know, accomplished enough, but then what is the problem with the immigrant community? You know what? And I think that one of the biggest problems within our own community is ourselves. Okay. Because we don't push ourselves to our greatest potential. And I've seen it firsthand too that we don't even support our own. Okay. And that is so sad to say, but um, there's the political argument is always going to be there. The struggles are always going to be there, where they, whether they're social, like economical, um, no matter what problem there are in, in our society, yeah. that's going to happen no matter what. However, I think that the best way that we can progress as a community is by supporting one another. And it's crazy because I'll go to Walmart and I'll see that the cashier obviously knows Spanish and the the mom right here is struggling you speak to Spanish, t- by the way? yes okay. i'm fluent in spanish okay. and and i see that the mom right here is trying to have her 4 year old kid translate for whatever it's happening over here mm-hmm. and the cashier obviously knows spanish but she doesn't take that extra effort to speak to the to mom speak directly it. and that, that is one of the many examples that i can use why let me challenge you here just out of curiosity you're not going to come in and just get your way through things okay mm-hmm. How do you know she knows how to speak Spanish? Because you can see it. And 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 it's funny because like I've encountered this so many times. Okay. I've encountered it. And I don't know if it's because of their ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. But it makes them. Do you think it makes them less more less American? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, so the stigma is, is be more of an American as possible and lose your heritage if you can. Yes. And I've seen it so many times. And, and I can tell you that I've seen it because I've obviously interacted more with the Hispanic community, community. than you have. Mm-hmm. But I also work a lot in the entertainment and I work in an entertainment world here in Houston. And um, I'm, I just love networking, being able to see, you know, and meet people from different backgrounds and it's and i just encounter this case over and over again where people want to be more american and less of where they come from and i think that the reason why that is is because they don't value where they come from from i had to struggle a lot i had to i had to see it firsthand i had to feel it i had to go through all of those struggles and although i was a little bit embarrassed at one point of being a quote an immigrant immigrant, an in quotes an undocumented student and then not being that anymore, which in, I'm, I'm still an immigrant, but um, no, you have to use that strength. Mm-hmm. You have to use your life example, your voice to be able to speak for others. And that is a prime example of, of it all. We tend to get very jealous about 
、um, our neighbor finally growing a business, or they want to do this or that. Why is it that, especially in the Hispanic community, why is it that we want to see people do good but not better than us? Oh man, come on now! You're not. It's not just the Hispanic community. It's, it's just, everywhere. It's just the bottom line of life, and I think、yeah. I think that's that's. You're gonna have to come in like three times after <laughs> this, so we could we could branch up. I'm really trying to stick with the immigration because I think it's a it's a good thing because、um, for me personally, every community has their own thing that is staple to them, which I think people like you are good in the community because you can help a lot of youth. For me, one of my drives was my immediate family. Personally, it was my immediate family. I don't think I ever cared about coming to the United States. Now that I look back in hindsight, I have embraced it. I don't know no other nation but this. Now, this is—I mean, my adult lives and everything is here. So, wherever I go, as much as I hold true to myself of being an African, I understand that majority of my influences are American-based. So, I can't run away from that. But that's also because, from a general perspective, I'm a global citizen at heart. I could go to Mexico today <laughs> and own up a Mexican heritage and be okay with that because I don't think you know any person on this earth owns a land. That's how I feel. I, I do understand the literal aspect of it, but from a mental standpoint, I'm saying we just we just we we, we waveforms of. You know, particles that bounce off each other, and sometimes when you connect, you click. When you don't connect, you don't click. And that's just what it is. But outside of that, you know, abstract reasoning, I think、um, the natural processes of life will always be there. It is, it is a very funny feeling for you to be in the same space, and someone else is, you know, climbing up the ladder, and you find yourself in the same space, whether it is by your own doings. And because naturally, as human beings, we don't like the aspect of feeling like we have to take the blame for what causes us the pain, it makes it even worse for you to see somebody going forward, and then you are the problem, and then you can't get yourself out of that. Which is why I was asking. I said, I'm. I always like to know what made that person because I know there are a lot of people who want to be in the spot that you're in. A lot of immigrants who, for some reason, I feel like they're just not wired. To deal with some of those things, and no matter how much therapy you put them in, they're not going to be wired as you.、Yeah. Which brings me to one thing: when I always talk about forget norms, I always talk about finding the self first, and I think the purpose will follow. Because I think this is your purpose, this is your call, this is what you eat, sleep, and breathe every day. This is what you want. This is what this is your prism through which you see life. I see life as if. I'm not going to be that young girl who is just going to be living under a man's roof, two, three, or four kids. Especially you, make, you Spanish people have a lot of kids, and even Africans do that too. <laughs> a lot of kids, you know, four, five, six kids, and something inside of you is burning to say, you know what? It's not just about the babies; it's about me and then everybody else.、Yes. There's somebody else who has that burning desire, but for some reason, just cannot. Muster up the courage to say, you know what? Even if by any means necessary, I'll do it. Now, from an immigration standpoint, do you think? Do you think that, based on the way our American society and culture is structured, there is also an element of fear that makes some people just say, "Let me find a comfort zone and sit there," because.、Um, I don't want to put you out there, but let me ask you this: Are you dating? No. You're not dating. Now, there's some days that not having somebody next to you is a struggle in and of itself, right? Right. But that's not your focus. Your focus is that I can deal with these struggles because I have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Now, someone else might say, you know, I need that companionship, or I need both. And if one of them is going to be lacking, then I have to figure out which one weighs more. So the calling to serve might be a problem. So do you think, in my opinion, again, this is a conversation that I'm asking. I don't have the answers for. I'm just trying to be a, a, a devil's advocate here. Do you think that that also plays a part why some of us who immigrated to this country either decide to follow path that we feel like is less resistant because it gives us the comfort of, at the very least, at the very least, 
we're realizing quote unquote some of the dreams you know I'm not sleeping on the streets I'm not struggling I'm not this I have a man of my own oh by the way that would bring me to something because within the African community I know this marriage I don't know about the Mexican community this is something you can educate me marriage is like success to some women it is that it's almost daunting if you're not married at a certain age and so people start to look at you like what's wrong with them <laughs> so imagine somebody having a passion and say hey I want to change the world and they're 25 they're 30 and they're 35 now not only are they trying to change the world but their world is changed from another view of the world now people start to say what's wrong with her like she's 20 she's beautiful she should have by the way guys if you're watching this Leslie's actually a very beautiful person um so but what is wrong with her why does she have a man does that not influence you at no point or do you think that also influence some other people you see but that's what I'm trying to change okay you whenever you turn 25 in the Hispanic community you should already be married oh wow so it's not just Africans of course not and I think that that's in other cultures as well um not saying that my family is constantly pushing me hey where's the boyfriend when is the marriage gonna come but is there sort of okay but let me tell you they respect my ambition Mm -hmm. to be independent to accomplish everything that i want to do so that when i have an empire i just find someone else who have the same equal empire and then we build something together but marriage is not my focus obviously and it's so funny that you brought it up because as an immigrant community we come into this country and yes we are afraid We are afraid of progressing because you feel that you're not smart enough, that you don't have enough money, that you you don't have the resources to progress in life. So what do you do? You just adjust. You adjust to your comfort zone and you make it happen. Live day by day and people are happy like that. And for some people, we have to also emphasize the fact that that comfort zone is way better than where you came from. Yeah, a lot better. You know, like for you five years old coming into this country and... Yes. You have, at some point, it, it, as bad as it was, you had shoes on your feet. I had shoes. I had, uh, I could do a la- laundry yeah. in, at home. Yeah. But I, in Mexico, no. when it's bad, it's bad. Like, bad is bad. Bad was, you had to go get water from the bottom of, like, the mountain. We're yeah. talking about, like, the pits, okay? Yeah. It's not like this <laughs> everywhere. I know. But, but we, we're saying from my experiences. Definitely. Yeah. You had to go get your water to eat, to eat and drink from you know from far away and then you had to use the same water to 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 wash your clothes and like a little rock where you could you know make it happen um you had to take a a bath with you know you had to boil it if it was too hot it's those small things Mm -hmm. that make you really value your life once you come to the united states Mm -hmm. it's the small things that you're like wow i'm like really living this is really the dream yeah and that's like the basic dream, the comfort dream for the first generation kind of like immigrants mm-hmm. because, hey, as long as we, we are we're having a roof and we have food and we wake up and we're safe and we're at peace and, and we can take our kids to school, that's it. That's the dream. But for me, I want to expand that dream into something that can be a lot more. And for me, it's not having, you know, to get married so soon. It's not having to just adjust to comfort and adjust to the society and to what society tells you. No. And it's teaching others that you can be independent and that you can progress in life and you don't have to be rely- relying on, on your husband, on your family, that you can do it on your own. Because it's possible. But we're just so adjusted to this culture that, you know, as soon as you get out of college, you have to get married. Mm-hmm. Half of my friends are married. Oh, wow. At 25? At 25. As soon as they got out of college, they were married. Uh, by this time, they're having kids. And hey, I'm very happy for them. I mean, I get baby fever here and there, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it would be nice to have, like, that that male figure in your life to seek comfort. But then you you look at the bigger picture, and, and I just have bigger dreams. And I think that that's eventually going to come, no matter what. It's going to come. But right now, my calling is to do what I'm doing right now. Which is to teach and say there's, there's, there's a better way to go through this. To guide others, to inspire others, to teach others. To teach, because I, I always said it, if I ever leave the world, you know, whether it's tomorrow or in 10 years or in 40 years, I want to know leaving that I did my best. Interesting. So, 
what are norms to you? Let me bring you back to the show. I know we talked about immigration, and there's a, there's a lot to talk about. This is, this is things where I think at some point I'll bring you back in and I'll revisit this topic because there's so many layers to yeah. how I think immigrants think. I think some of them come in at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Some people fight through the disadvantage and realize that, hey, listen, it's actually more of an opportunity than a disadvantage. Some right. people just say, okay, cool, you know what? I'm at a disadvantage. I'm just going to enjoy this platform and try to not fall from this place. Right. So that's one thing. But when it comes to those norms and those those traditions that I feel like society has forced us into this box to be in, what are your... What, I know that you want to change the narrative, but what are your thought processes in that, in and of themselves, just that? Are you for or against them? I think you, I would suggest that, you, I would suspect that you are against them, but are you for them? You know what? I'm for whatever makes people happy. Oh, good. I think that if some people are finding comfort and success in what they're doing, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. I actually, I have a very close friend and her parents did not support her at all to go to college keep in mind um all of that family has all they have all the opportunities in the world they're citizens they have the opportunity to find assistance if she was to go to college and uh they pretty much told her that they were not going to support her because she was just going to get an education fall in love and have kids and for me that is something that struck with me so hard because it's so sad to hear it come from your parents when your parents are in a way supposed to be your number one fans they're the ones that are supposed to, to encourage you to to seek better to want better so for you marriage is in no way shape or form an accomplishment of course it is now at this point okay it was for them that's yeah. why they told that to her mm-hmm. and back in the day she was 22 21 but I mean, yes, definitely school, maybe not school, but it's whatever makes her happy. Happy. Why is it that we have to find happiness in marriage, in having kids, in having a family? What if her ideology of happiness was getting an education? I don't know if marriage was. You know, I'll (laughs) never know. I'll never know. You can ask. But... But what I'm trying to go for is that we have to really encourage ourselves, our families, probably educate our families, because I feel that like a lot of these values come from their, them not having the knowledge enough. They, they follow traditions time after time, generation after generation, and that's all they know, which is completely fine. So that's what I said. Whatever makes you happy and whatever you feel happiness and comfort is in, that's what you should definitely go for. But no, just changing the stereotypes. Well... See, I personally have moved on the idea of whatever makes you happy because I I think sometimes, again, we can have false happiness. We can have false joy because we've been accustomed to one way of life where right. we're not imaginative of anything else but that. Right. So when you fall under that category of your reasoning and thought process where you think and say, you know what, it's like say for instance, we're sitting in this room right now and we don't know nothing else about outside. If you put five guys in this room, somebody would think that the highest height of the world is the ceiling. <laughs> so right. if he jumps up and touches that ceiling, he's gotten it. Somebody might sit in the room and say, you know what? I'm looking outside. It just just doesn't make sense for me to believe that this is the highest height. Right. And so I need to get out of this room to go figure out how high it is. Even if it means that our curiosity kills me. Somebody just doesn't even care if there's even a height. He just wants to be sit down and say, hey, hey, how high did you say that ceiling was? <laughs> just tell me. I don't care to find out. Right. I think those people are out there. So sometimes then when you find yourself in this spot where, and I want to talk a little bit about your beauty thing before we, we get off the air. When you find yourself in this in this reasoning, do you, do you think your platform, because sometimes I also try to worry about this, do you think your platform truly makes a difference? Just out of curiosity. I think it makes a difference because I feel that I'm always on a constant basis trying to make a difference on my own. Uh, let me cut you off. The reason why I ask also that is because you had no mentor. 
somehow, some way, at 25, you feel, quote-unquote, accomplished with, you know, some of the things that we've accustomed to respect in the world, good education and all that stuff. But you had no mentor. Mm-hmm. No one came in and preached to you and said, this is a path for you to chart. Nothing. You chart that on your own. Mm-hmm. So, in your reasoning, you think... If there were five of you guys and you made it, if you guys had a mentor, maybe three would have made it. Is that is that the reason why you're pushing to say my voice has to be, you know, leading? Because there's somebody else who might have not needed a mentor and didn't get it and just followed the straight path of the life just because they didn't have a mentor. Is that is that one of the reasons why you're motivated to say my voice has to be heard? Yes. Because being a a five-year-old girl pushing through the different kinds of struggles and adversities that I went through, I feel that if I would have had that person by my side, um, that person would have pushed me, would have encouraged me. um, In one way or the other, I wouldn't have struggled as much as I did. And that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm going to ask you a question then. Do you still struggle personally? Just out of curiosity. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. All the time. All the time. So for you, therefore, and I'm asking this question because I want to lead us to something. So for you, therefore, it's not so much about the struggle because it seems like you've gotten to a place where you said the struggles are always going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's about overcoming them. Yeah. It's interesting. I like that. I, I I just really want to be able to be that person that I needed when I was a little girl. I want to be that person for people, whether they're 10 years old, 20, 30, 40. I want to be that person. And uh, from the opportunities that I've been able to have, I have been able to speak to these people, encourage these people, and just uh, allow them to understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and overcoming is a big part of it. I feel that if I didn't go through the things that I went through, I wouldn't value life the way that I do now. By the way, guys, I always say this when I hear somebody say there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I always say, hopefully, you got to make sure there's not another train coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, there may be. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, let, let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, the things you've done now. So this is what got you into beauty um, pageantry. Yeah, so I was, life was hard growing up, as you know, so I had to find a hobby. So uh, at first I started dancing. I was dancing in high school, middle school, high school and college. And that was my way out of my struggle. Um, In college, there was a pageant happening and they had a dance portion. They had a talent portion of the competition. So obviously I wanted to dance. I wasn't going to the pageant to win. I was going to the pageant to dance. That was an opportunity for me to, you know, do a little something, something aside from everything else. I can think that I am a good dancer yeah I have rhythm I have rhythm so I went and entered to this competition I got third place out of 20 girls and it was my very first time being a part of a pageant so I left the pageant being a better contestant than a better dancer what does that mean that I had the full package to win if I wanted to and nobody trained me. Obviously, I'm, I'm a self-taught uh, dancer. I'm a self-taught contestant. So, But I had so much content within me. I'm not going to say that I'm the smartest, but I'm a very intellectual being. So I was like, okay, I was so close. So why not try it again? So that's where my career started. That's interesting. And you've been doing that six years And now. I've been doing it ever since then. That, that actually helps me to, to, to make a point. Um, one of the things that I I have... I'm coming to really realize is that a, a lot of some of these places that people find themselves in, some of them feels like accidents. <laughs> you went to dance and then you end up not dancing again. <laughs> now you you go with yeah. now for pageantry. Yeah, you've been doing it for six years, so it's 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 an interesting way to think, and that's why I personally hate norms. And I started this podcast, and obviously the book that you know about was because I. Even with the aspect of immigration, I always say, when immigrants travel, in my opinion, when they travel from one place to another, I don't know about other countries, I haven't had the the luxury of watching immigrants in another country, but I feel like when immigrants travel here, a 
been around the Puerto Rican community a lot because when I was growing up, one of my biggest weaknesses for women with Puerto Rican, well, actually Spanish women in general, was, was a huge weakness for me. <laughs> um, I, I noticed that they have the tendencies, in my opinion, of holding on to cultures. But I have a different thought process about culture. I think that everything in life, just as much as your thought process, can only function if it resonates with the environment. You cannot be a farmer at heart and you find yourself in a desert and you keep thinking farming. <laughs> it's not a lot of water. <laughs> so you cannot be a swimmer and you leave Hawaii with beaches and all that stuff and you find yourself somewhere upstate New York where it's nothing but snow and you keep holding on to the idea of being a swimmer. I think the versatility of the mind has to be there also. And I think when it comes to immigration, I'm always saying this, so you put the political aspect aside in my personal opinion, a lot of these people hold on to this. I'll give you my example, especially when it comes to Africans. I know a lot of Africans who think or say to me, oh, you know, you're trying to be an American. I said, I'm not trying. I am an American because I live in America. But I know where I come from. If you yeah. put, I know exactly where I come from. But I always see them in, in, in spots where I feel like they try to live African lives in America. Someone's like, to me, it doesn't work because the way Africans live their life, in my opinion, to an extent, it's a little bit reckless. It's a little bit um, irresponsible. Not being disrespectful, just calling things for what I see, the ones that I'm, I'm exposed to. Now, I do understand that there's some that are not necessarily that. You take about it, in my opinion, like, what are some of the things that I'm used to? These people love to have a good time. They love to party. They love to have fun. It is a little bit expensive in the United States for you to make that a constant thing to do. Yeah. So, what does that do to your progress? I think it kind of slows your progress down a little bit. In a country where you can almost become anything that you want if you put your ambitions, your actions, and your efforts honestly. With discipline, you can become what you want. Why, therefore, would you leave the same way you would leave in a place where your efforts really didn't matter? And so, while I do understand some of the immigration struggle, in my opinion, I'm also saying that it's a joke sometimes, in my mm -hmm. opinion, because mm -hmm. if you go to you know countries that I'm familiar with, that I'm from in Africa... Um, sometimes it doesn't really matter how hard you work. Doesn't I mean the corruption and everything just puts you at behind the eight ball at any time. So it is it is almost natural for most people to grow up and take the back seat and just feel like you know this is where I belong. After all, I'm either going to do this. It's almost like looking at even dating within the African community is a little bit weird when it comes to that because <laughs> a lot of young women believe in the fact that you gotta have a sugar daddy you know because the opportunities for you to actually make it is slim the opportunities for the boyfriend that you did is slim and if I have anything sort of an expensive taste the current boyfriend is not going to be able to give it to me that married guy is going to be able to give it to me okay it works that's because you're limited but when you move to the United States your idea of dating has to change in my opinion because not only can you find the opportunity for you to provide for yourself now, the man becomes less of a focus for you. You create right. your own value. Right. So when I when I say those things in my own personal thing and why I love my platform and why I do it also because I have the same passion as you do, it's just to say for me, first of all, train your mind, build your strength, and you'll be okay. It may take Excuse me, guys. It may take longer, but you still find your purpose. You still find what makes you you. A lot of people sometimes are not themselves because of the circumstances that define themselves. And I don't understand that. But when you get to a place where the opportunities are endless, I think you can find yourself and be there. So immigration for me doesn't come from, when I'm thinking immigration, it doesn't come from politics, which is why I said I'm a global citizen. I don't respect a lot of these things because I think at the end of the day, when the mind gets to a place where the mind believes in what it, it can conquer, 
Some of these lines that we draw on maps and all this other jazz doesn't make a difference. If I go to China today and I'm valuable, Chinese people will offer me citizenship for free. If I go to India and I'm valuable, Indians will want to embrace me as their own. If I go to Mexico and I find any way to prove myself to be valuable to them, they're going to want to embrace me on their own. So immigration to me only holds back people who feel like they have to hold themselves back. So yes. that's that's how I see it. So mm-hmm. it, it's amazing to me. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, when Leslie caught, when Lizzie and I are called in, I said I want her on the show. And she said, let's talk about immigration. It was, it was a struggle for me to actually find a way to say it. But then I knew that you've done this so much and you continue to do it. And I appreciate you doing it. Let me ask you one final question before we get off the air. This is probably going to be our last thing to talk about. Outside of immigration, outside of everything else, what is that one thing that I know you talked about six and 60 and I'm going to push it to mm-hmm. 60. That's like what, 35 years from now, but let's see if we can get there. What is that one thing that will make you get to a place where you say, okay, cool. It's time for Leslie to live for Leslie now. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like wow. right now you live for yeah. others. Yeah. I've known you, like I said, two years now. And every time that I see you, there's always something that I don't see Leslie in front of it. I always see Leslie as, you know, the one behind pushing this crowd of people and you see them move. When do you get to a point where you say, okay, you know what? I'm not pushing nobody else. I'm just going to be me. I think that I'm definitely in that process right now. Process of finding love within myself. Okay. And I think that this happened because growing up, I had that love from very few people. Mm-hmm. So I never really learned to love myself, my life, enjoy the process of overcoming. It was always kind of like struggle. So I think that whenever I do find myself and who I am, and um, don't get me wrong, I'm not never going to stop giving back. But as soon as I find that happy person within me, mm-hmm. that's it. So, But I'm in that journey right now. It's interesting. So let me ask you something. What inspires more? You or what you do? What you say or what you do? <laughs> what, what, I, what I do. What you do inspires yeah. more. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you to say I'm looking forward to seeing that day also when I can see Leslie pushing Leslie. Yes. Because for me, that's what inspires me. I, I am I am a big fan of saying don't don't tell me what you want me to do. Show me how you win and I'll find my way to win with you. Show me how you win. Show me how you get there. And I'll find my way. Do you have anything else that you want us to talk about before we get off the air? No, thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, um, as you guys know, again, the show is about forgetting arms and I had Leslie, the opportunity to talk with her in the studio. She's, uh, let me go down this list again for anyone <laughs> who just picked up at the end. She's 25 years old, born in Mexico, uh, bachelor's and master's in communications. She's been in pageantry for the last six years, uses that platform to push a lot of people, but I think she's passionate about the immigration and because that's also something that she's passionate about. But more importantly, what I know about you is this. You're passionate about just uplifting people, period. It doesn't matter what, whether you're immigrant or what it is because I'll extend this. There are a lot of people in the United States, in my opinion, who born and raised here but just don't feel like they belong. They just don't feel like they belong. They just don't feel like this is this is a place for them. And that's why people like you come in and whenever I meet someone like you, I always say, hey, don't forget. You know, you might have a, a background, but there are people who don't look like you don't fit your background who have that same struggle and that's why for me it's just about just forget the norms pick your own path and be you just just fight through your own boundaries fight through your own barriers and try to be as good as you are and make the competition every day about that person who's in front of you in the mirror because my wife used to always say this to me and says she's always saying no matter how much we're married, when we lay down in the bed to go to sleep, we talk to God on separate accounts. So, and sometimes you may never know what me and God is talking about, even if you try. So, 
Try to find a way to talk to God for you and I talk to God for me and hopefully we can find a way to mix it up. And so I think, guys, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure having you here. I'm definitely going to want you to come back. Um, and we'll talk a lot because I want to talk about relationships. Seeing that you're single, <laughs> it's something that I go. Hey, by the way, I don't want pe- I don't want people to go ahead and start bombarding you. I know you probably already get them anyways, but um, but I want I would love for you to come back so we can talk about relationships. Can you promise me that? I'll come next week. Okay, that's good. Hey, it's been <laughs> thank a you ple- so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having Leslie. Oh, by the way, how can people contact you? Especially because oh, by the way, young women who have listened to this and you know think that you could be of assistance to them how can how can anyone contact you how can they reach you yes definitely i'm actually a coach and a mentor um for a couple of organizations so but feel free to just contact me if you have any questions whatsoever my instagram my facebook and my youtube is at leslie garcia tv um so if you just have any questions whatsoever can you spell that out for us, please? l-e-s-l-y garcia g-a-r-c-i-a tv my name is spelled L-E-S-L-Y. So Leslie Garcia TV. Um, find me on Facebook or on Instagram. Shoot me a message just about anything in general, whether you want to just be my friend or just, you know, be a mentee, a mentor. Hey, I still need all the help in the world to progress into the person <laughs> I want to be. So just shoot me a message. I'm very approachable. I'm super friendly and, and I like to help in any way I can. Sounds good. Hey, that has been our show. Hey, remember, take care of yourselves and the rest will follow. If you take care of your mind, the body usually follows. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, peace. For more information or to get in contact with our host, visit our website, www.forgetnorms.com.